um, I believe because we need to, we need, as born again believers, we need to be reminded of how powerful our words are when we speak. Amen. Are we all set back there, Pastor Tim? Got it. Well, Father, we just thank you for this word tonight, Lord. Father, I thank you, God, for Pastors Dave and Ina. Lord, and I just, I thank you for this house, Lord. And I thank you, God, for the privilege to be able to share this word tonight. And so, Father, I just ask you, great teacher, to come in and let us take away, each one of us, Lord, exactly what you would have us to take away from this message in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is something that I have brought uh, on Tuesdays, if you don't come out on Tuesday, um, we have healing rooms on Tuesdays and we have powerful teachings on Tuesday afternoons um, at two o'clock and we have various teachers that teach and I had brought this message a few years back and um, I just kind of tweaked it a little bit and I thought I'd like to bring it on a Wednesday night. So um, the title of it is called The Power to Decree and Declare. Hello? Is it still on? Okay. Um, the Power to Decree and Declare equals creating because when we speak the word of God we decree it and we declare it we actually get it out into our atmosphere and it begins to change the things that are around us so it's so important that we learn the power of our words and I just want to share with you if you could just pull up Hebrews 11 and verse 3 that is not in your notes so you might want to just jot that scripture down So it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Um, the Bible tells us, by faith we understand that the world were framed by the word of God, so the things which are not seen were made of things which are visible. Likewise, when we decree or proclaim the word, we are framing our own personal world. Do you know that you have the power to frame your own personal world? Besides this, we are announcing to all the evil forces in high places that God's word has preeminence over everything that we ever see in the natural. And so, you know, we see a lot of crazy stuff in the natural, and we get a lot of crazy reports in the natural. And those reports are probably good reports that we get. And those reports, the, the doctors and the people really believe in those reports, but the Bible says that things that aren't seen are more real than the things that are seen. So we, ba as born-again believers, we base our walk and our life upon the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass, but God's Word will never pass. God's Word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change His mind about it. So whatever He has said to you through His Word, whether you received it through the rhema or whether you received it through the logos of the Word of God, whatever He has spoken to you, you can bet that that Word will come to pass in your life. So we just need to come into agreement with the Word of God. So I need to come into agreement with the Word of God. And sometimes we face circumstances in our lives where it seems probably almost next to impossible to come into agreement. And sometimes the enemy will have you so far down that you can't even lift your head out of the bed in the morning. Right? Who has ever been there? And you know what the Word of God says, but yet there you are in this, in this circumstance. But I can, I can tell, tell you tonight that if you begin to speak the Word of God and you begin to decree and declare that Word, you'll be up and on your feet before you know it. And so I just want to, uh, Andrew Warmack one time had something going on, was it, I think it was with his foot. 
and uh, he was running and he, he his so much pain in his foot and he wanted to go to to pamper his foot but then he said no I'm not going to do that so he went on went out on his run and for that whole through that run he kept dec decreeing and declaring that his foot was fine and by the time he got to the end of that run his foot was fine so sometimes there's a fight but we don't we, we don't wrestle against the uh Oh, what I want to say. We don't we don't wrestle against um, what's going on around us. We wrestle against the enemy and his power to want to destroy you and I. So that's the fight that we are in. But God's word is the same yesterday, today and forever. And he doesn't change his mind about the word of God. There is power in the spoken word of God. Therefore, we are consistently we are to consistently declare God's living word with unwavering faith. He will cause our circumstances to come into alignment with the word as we speak the word of God. Job 22 and verse 28 tells us, You will also declare a matter, and it will be established unto you, and the light will shine upon your ways. So he's, Job says, You will also declare a matter, and it will be established unto you. So there's power when we declare the word of God. So I just want to tell you, decree actually means, and this is on your notes, de decree actually means it's an official order issued by a legal authority. To declare it means to make known or to state clearly. To declare one's position, to make known formally or officially. To make clear or to make evident. And this was me this morning, so I shared with Pastor Ina that I was tossing and turning last night in the bed and um, I had this post-nasal drip going on, and um, I woke up this morning with this migraine headache, and I got up, and I made myself a cup of tea, and I laid back down on the recliner and fell asleep till 11 o'clock in the afternoon, in the early morning hours, and that's not afternoon, almost afternoon, and I, I laid there, and I thought for a minute, huh, maybe I should just call up Pastor Ina and say, I can just forward you this message and ask her to teach this for me, and um, I'm having those thoughts like, man, I can hardly get up. I'm, I just feel so weak and tired. That's, that's what I was feeling. And then finally I said, no, 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 Kimberly, you're going to walk this thing out in Jesus' name. So you're decreeing and declaring that I am already healed. And so even when the enemy tries to attack us, we can come against him with the word of God. So it's up to us to change our world and our environment that we live in by the words that we speak from our mouth. So I got up, took a shower, had lunch with my husband, and the more I got moving and doing the things that God wanted me to do, here I am standing up before you. So that would have never happened if I would have succumb to what was going on in my physical body so there's power in the word of God to change our circumstances even when we don't feel it because we don't feel it many times okay all right so declare means to make known or to state clearly to declare one's position to make known formally or officially to make clear and to make evident and I was letting the enemy know it was evident that I'm going to church on Wednesday night okay so when we decree and when we declare, it actually creates and causes it to exist or causes it to give birth. So as I got up this afternoon and I began to walk this thing out and I began to decree who I was in the Lord, I literally gave birth to healing in my physical body. Okay, so the, the Bible Quick Reference Dictionary says it like this. It says the de decrees of God are his eternal, unchangeable, holy, wise, and sovereign purpose comprehending at once all things that ever were or will be in their causes, conditions, successions, and relations. 
God has made known his works from eternity. Acts 15 and verse 18. Do we have that scripture? Known to God from eternity are all of his works. He decrees and he decrees and remains in place. Psalm 33 verse 11 in the Passion Translation says, His destiny plan for the earth stands sure. His forever plan remains in place and will never fail. Isn't that beautiful? That's the Passion Translation of Psalm 3311. So his destiny plan for the earth stands sure. So we know that in this world, people got a whole lot of plans for this earth. They got a whole lot of plans for how they think things should be coming. But as long as there's seed and harvest time and the sun is coming up, God's going to have his way in the earth today right? So it doesn't matter. His plan is perfect. And so his ways are true. So whatever God has said, get in alignment with what God says about your life. Get in alignment with what God says about who you are. Amen. Okay. So his destiny for the earth stands sure. His forever plan remains in place and it will never fail. So even if the enemy comes and tries to thwart you or comes and tries to stop you, his plan won't make it when you stand upon the word of God. When you stand and you decree, the thing is, is you've got to get it out of your mouth. So you've got to, you've got to get it. You've got to read it and study it, but then you've got to get it to come out of your mouth. So even if you don't get it, the whole thing, even if you remember bits and pieces of it, speak what you remember, speak what you know. Life and death are in the power of your tongue, right? The word of God is sweeter than honey, even the honeycomb. God's word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My physical body remains healed in Jesus' name. The greater one lives on the inside of me. As he is in this world, so am I. So remember the words that you have and get them out of your mouth. They can't create unless you get them out. That makes sense? Say with me, they can't create unless you get them out. God breathed upon the earth, and it was, right? So he spoke things into existence, and they were. So sometimes we get tired, and we get weary and well-doing, but I want to challenge you tonight not to get tired. And, and don't get tired and well-doing, but continue to walk this walk with the Lord. If you don't know anything else, speak his word. Get his promises and begin to speak his word. Okay. So number one, we are his mouthpiece here on earth. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. So God has given us power, and this is your first fill-in. God has given us power to change the atmosphere that we live in. That means my sphere right here around Kimberly, right, right here where I am, I have the power to change this atmosphere. So if I go into work, and I see that the atmosphere is kind of, uh, you know, somebody's moody in there today or somebody's got an attitude in there today. How many of you have gone into work and, and encountered that when you walk? First, so you walk through the door. Okay. And so you walk through the door and you say, oh, boy, this is going to be quite the day, right? So I've, I've been there. I've done that. And so, but I have learned to change my atmosphere. So when I go in and I see that, I remind myself, wait a minute, Kimberly, you just walked in. The Bible says that wherever my feet shall tread, you've given me that power and authority. So this land belongs to me. So therefore, Lord, I change this atmosphere right now in the name of Jesus. I bind the works of the devil right now in Jesus' name, and I command the blessings of God to be in this place right now in Jesus' name. And so immediately the atmosphere begins to change. So we don't succumb to the enemy. We go above and we go higher. We soar where the eagles soar. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So 
we can decree life or death. And we all know this scripture in Proverbs 18, 21. It says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. God tells us to store up his words and pay attention to what he says. And I love this scripture in Proverbs, um, Proverbs 4, 20 and 21. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's powerful. We become what we speak. Literally, you become what you say. So if you say, I'm going to have a bad day, you're going to have a bad day. If you say, I've got a headache, that headache's going to stay. If you say, I, I feel too weak today, I don't want to go on that walk, you won't go on that walk. So you have the power to change your circumstances. You have the power to create the world around you by the words that you speak out of your mouth. Amen. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. We become what we speak, Matthew 12, verse 34. It says, uh, broad of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. And you quickly know someone that you're around by what they speak. So you hang out with somebody long enough, you get to know them by the words that they speak out of their mouth, right? And so, and all of a sudden you might be around somebody and you hear something come out of your mouth and you think, oh, I never thought I'd ever hear something like that come out of their mouth because that's still on the inside of them. So we get cleansed by the washing of the water of the word. So the more of the word that we have in us, the more cleansed we'll be, the more we'll be like Jesus. So get the word in and begin to get the word out and your atmosphere will begin to change around you. Amen. So our mouth speaks what our hearts are full of. Luke 6, 45 in the Passion Translation says, People are known in the same way. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. But out of evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by the fruit and, you'll, and will be heard in your words. So, you know, there's, there's a saying, you'll know them by the fruits of the Holy Spirit, right? So the fruit is... We begin to bear the fruit in our life by the power of the Holy Spirit as we begin to grow and mature in the Word of God. The more of the Word we have, the more fruitful we'll be. The more fruit will be on our vines, right? So we get it, get the Word of God in, decree it, and the more of that, the more ripe our grapes will be and our strawberries will be, and the fruit will be wonderful on our vines by the Word of God that we put on the inside of us. Amen? All right, so number two. The Word of God sets our thinking straight. So that's your next fill-in. So the Word of God sets our thinking straight. Our words become our actions, and our actions with our words produce the kingdom here and now. So I like that statement. So it says, our words become our actions, and our actions with our words produce the kingdom of heaven here and now. So when you're believing the word of God, your actions will line up with the word of God, right? Does that make sense? I love Jennifer Costell's story when she was first diagnosed with breast cancer. She put scriptures up all over her house on her front door. And if you didn't agree with the word of God, you weren't allowed to come in. You couldn't come in, right? Why? Because her actions were lining up with the word of God. Amen. She didn't want anybody to come in with anything negative that would destroy her thought process in the kingdom of God. So sometimes we got to get with those who believe like us, right? So if you're believing for something and 
your neighbors or your friends or your close people around you aren't believing the same way you are, then find somebody that you can believe with. Find somebody who believes in the word of God like you do. Get around faith people that are believing and standing on the word of God that will stand with you until you see the victory. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So I have given you authority. This is what Jesus said. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will harm you. We have the legal authority to decree a thing. And we have this authority because we're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. So we have his authority to go and decree and to do that very thing. Amen. Second, Second Corinthians 5 and verse 20. We know this scripture too, but we'll read it. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf to be reconciled with God. So we are ambassadors with Christ as though God were pleading through us. Because he is pleading. He's, he's a relational God. And he wants to speak through his people. He wants to get his word known to the world through his people. And so if we just read the Bible and keep it on the pages of the Bible, then we're going to keep it there. But the moment we begin to speak it, then it creates in our atmosphere. And when you're walking down the road and you're on a walk, you begin to decree and declare over your neighborhood. Blessings over your neighborhood. They're not going to come to my neighborhood and rob our cars. They're not going to come to my neighborhood and break into the houses. They're not coming over here. I plead the blood of Jesus and I thank you, Lord, that my neighborhood is blessed. They're blessed because I live here, because Jesus lives here. So they're blessed. And I'm a blessed person in Christ. So because I'm blessed, my neighborhood's blessed. So we have to get this word out of our mouth. If we don't get it out of our mouth, then it can't, it can't come to fruition, right? So we have to speak those things as though they're not, as though they are, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So we prophetically bring those unseen things into our physical being, into our physical realm. When I was waiting for my uh, oldest daughter to come back to the Lord, I had got down and down in the mully grubs about her, not serving the Lord. She was... Um, on the mission field a couple times and she went and eloped in her first marriage and she fell away from the Lord and um, she got remarried to another man and um, I didn't know what to do with my daughter so I was at this place well I just didn't know what to do with her because I had saw her so on fire for God as she was growing up in school and she started the first Bible study in our in the high school and that Bible study still goes on today so she was so bold and outspoken about the things of the kingdom and when she was just real small she'd get me in trouble she'd ask people if they knew Jesus we'd be out in the grocery store she'd grab a hold of their shirt and she'd ask if they knew Jesus and I'd be like oh Lord just let them say yes because if they didn't say yes I was speaking you know so and, and some people thought I put her up to the nonsense but I didn't put her up to it she was just always asking people do you know Jesus are you saved well then I came to a point where she wasn't serving Jesus and so I started looking at the circumstance and so I started listening and feeling, and um, I got a spirit of offense, and I got offended, and I was mad, and I went out to her house, and I saw some books that I was infuriated with, and so I had to anoint them with oil while I was out there. And so, I mean, I was just fit to be tied. And so I asked the Lord one day, I said, Lord, I got to know that she's going to be okay. Like, I got to know. And so, and now here I am, a faith lady. And did I, did I think about speaking the word of God? No, I was too busy being angry because of the condition that I kept seeing her in. So 
Um, anyway, her husband's getting ready to take me to the airport, and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't ask you for a sign ever, but I just, I ask, I got to know, because now my first granddaughter is born, and I've got to know that she's going to raise my granddaughter to love you and to serve you. That was my heart. And so when I went to put my shoes on that morning to go to the airport, there was a feather in my shoe about this big, just buried up in my shoe. And I knew right then that the Lord was going to do something with my, with my family. Well, I went on to Ottawa to speak at a ladies' meeting, and this, the bishop of the church where I was speaking, <coughs> his name was Cornelius, he had, after the service that morning, he brought all the leaders in, and we, were, and we joined together to pray. And um, he looked right at me, and he said, tell me about the daughter who doesn't serve Jesus anymore. And so, what is her name? <laughs> and I said, her name is Tanya. And so, right there, he began to talk to Tanya like Tanya was right in front of him. And he just said, Tanya, I'm calling you back into the kingdom. You've been running too long now, and I'm calling you back. Come over the bridge. Run. Run over the bridge. My arms are outstretched towards you, and you're going to run right into my arms. And I thought, oh. And I was like melting. I was bawling because how does this man even know anything about my daughter? And he doesn't know that she's a runner. Run, run, run across that bridge, right? So I got a new perspective that day. I got gently rebuked by the Holy Spirit because I hadn't been calling those things as though, there are, as though they're not. Okay. So I began to get this different picture in my mind. So I began to think, okay, what would it look like with, with her serving Jesus? I know what it would look like. She'd be carrying her Bible into the church. She'd be preaching the gospel with me, and she'd be taking my, my granddaughter to church with her. That's what it looks like. So I began to have that picture, and I began to confess that picture. Tanya's coming back into the kingdom of heaven. Tanya's going to preach the gospel. Tanya's going to be the lawyer that God has called her to be. All of the dreams and desires that she had when she was young, God is going to bring those plans to pass because he brings every single one of them to pass. So, Father, I thank you for that. And then all of a sudden one day, I was babysitting her children. And here we are at River of Life Church. And I was babysitting her children, and she was coming down on a Sunday to pick them up. And she comes into the church, doesn't come in too far comes in by the doors, kind of stands there. Church service is almost over. And so at the end of the service, Pastor Dave goes back to Tanya and tells Tanya that she needs to get this book by Joseph Prince, Live a Let Go Life. She kind of, okay. Pastor Dave walks away and he turns around and he comes back and he says it to her again. You've got to get this book. So that afternoon, she went home and listened to Pastor Dave and got the book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she was like, you know, because she told me later that she had been so long since she's been into the church. And she was walking a life where she couldn't, she didn't think that God could forgive her again. So she went home and she began to get into this book and read this book. And the next thing you know, she's sending me scriptures. And she's texting me and telling me about Jesus. And she's telling me I call him Pastor Prince now. And so she's on, and so, so now, guess what? She's in her, going into her third year of law school. And so she's going to be that lawyer that God has called her to be. She's got my, got my grandkids in Christian school. Why? Because I got gently rebuked that I wasn't confessing the word of God like I should be. So if you've got a loved one that doesn't serve Jesus, or you've got a circumstance that you don't see any hope, you need to speak the word of God into that circumstance and watch God change that circumstance around for you. Amen? He will do it for you, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So when, when she went to law school, she, she didn't really know how her husband was going to handle it. And she had secretly started to um, take the LSAT, practice the LSAT tests, you know, secretly. 
And uh, she wanted to go to Regent University, and uh, her husband's not a Christian. And so um, he found it one day on the computer that she'd been taking, taking these practice tests. And so he said to her, if you want to do that, you can. She said, well, it's at Regent University. And he says, I'll stand with you on that. So when she went into law school, I said, wow, Tanya. I said, so I'll be calling you uh, Attorney Hardzinski. She says, oh, no, Mom, you'll be calling me Judge Hardzinski. And I said, I said, okay. So, so what you confess out of your mouth is what you'll have out of your mouth, right? So life and death are in the power of our tongue, right? And we eat the fruit of it. So we either eat good or we eat bad out of our mouth. So if we speak good, then good is what we're going to have. So even if the circumstance looks like it's never going to happen, it will happen if you begin to speak. And I got gently rebuked up in Canada. I got rebuked for not standing upon the word of God and believing for the unseen because that's more real than what we see. Amen. We just see this. We just see this outward stuff. God is at work. There's a song that we sing. Even if we don't see it, God is still at work, working those works of the kingdom of heaven on the inside of us. Right. Rella, you have a testimony of when you stood on the word of God. Um, I, I had a um, BMW car. And it had some troubles. So I, I was like, this is not working for me. I have to get a new car. So I, I said, um, I set out to go and sell the car. So I went to a car dealer, and he said, $500 for it. I said, this BMW, $500? I said, no. So I went out. I, I said, give him my keys. <laughs> I took my keys. I, when I, I was walking out the door. I said, Lord, in Jesus' name, I know I could get more money for this car. I put it in the paper and got three times more than what it was. <laughs> and just like you said on Job 28, um, the light of the way. God made a light way where I sat at home, got on the computer, and I said, I'm going to get me a car, no money down, and get what I asked for. I got my car, no money down, and got what I asked for. <laughs> by, decreeing out, by decreeing out of your mouth, right. Because the blessings are ours to have. If, it li if the blessings line up with the word of God, the promise lines up with the word of God, we can have that. We can have what the word of God declares to us that we can have. Sue, you have a testimony too. Well, when I moved here, I... I knew the Lord was sending me to North Carolina. And I said, Lord, I don't want to go to North Carolina. <laughs> and my husband said, if you, when we move, I promise I will go to church with you. Well, that was a miracle right there. And my scripture is, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so we ended up coming here. This is the only church we, we've been to. And... I I had no idea the miracles that were going to be happening here. He got born again. He got spirit-filled. He got um, healed a couple times. And then um, before he transitioned, um, he saw angels in our living room. And, um, and he said, the afterlife is so amazing. There's no comparison. And so I'm so so blessed and so thankful to the Lord. 
simply by decreeing and declaring the word of God, we can see change happen in the world that we live in, in our circumstances. Anybody else have a testimony? Mercy? Um, yes, when um, I had to go on dialysis, I had went through it with my mother. So I was definitely mad, deep mad. I said, I'm not going to be on here long at all. And so the doctor, he was, I was nice to the doctor the first few times I went to see him. He threw me in the hospital. He threw me in the hospital. I was mad in the hospital. It was taking forever to get me on the, on the machine. And I was like, will you come and get me? You know, I was just like this. And so he's, he's seen me for a few weeks. He said, he said, Miss Gannon, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay, but I'm not staying on this thing. I'm coming off, and you, I'm not staying on it for no four hours. So for about a month or two, my numbers and everything came back good, and he dropped me back to three hours. I said, well, that's better than four. So something came up, and I was upset again. And I told him, I looked him in his eyes. I said, I ain't mad at you, but I'm mad at the devil for putting me on this dialysis. And I'm coming off. I'm getting a kidney, whether y'all like it or not. And I declared it in testimony at church. I told him, I said, I said, I'm not going to dialysis for the rest of my life. I'm going to be, I said, I shall not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. And so I said it over and over and over and over and over. And in two years, I came off the dialysis. Yes, the power to decree is a powerful thing. Say that with me. The power to decree is a powerful thing. So a little over a year and a half ago, I broke my nose. And it was a crazy thing that happened. I tripped over a cord. Down I went. I had my computer in my hand. It come up and hit me in the nose and I smacked my nose in between my eyes broke my nose and so I went in to the doctors and they took an x-ray and sure enough it's broken and so um, I'm sitting on the sitting on the de on the table there in the in the room and my son is with me and the nurse comes in and she says to me she's giving me some prescriptions for the pain and she says to me and she puts up her fist like this and she says to me now I want to prepare you because you're gonna wake up in the morning and you're gonna have a shiner and I looked at her. I said, a shiner? I said, no, I'm not going to have a shiner. I said, that's a residual side effect. And I'm not taking this. And I looked at my son. I said, no, I'm not going to have that, Bobby. I'm not having that. Then she says, no, I need to really prepare you. You're going to have two black eyes. And it's going to be like somebody punched you, you know, shiner. And she put up her fist like this. And I looked at her again, and I said, no. I said, that's a residual side effect from this. And God didn't cause this. I said, Bobby, I'm not having black eyes. And my son had his head down, you know, kind of looking down like this, you know, because I'm just talking like this to the doctor, you know. And so, anyway, went home and um, got me uh, into the recliner with some pillows behind my back, and I fell asleep in the recliner. And Bobby gets up the next morning, my son, with his cell phone in his hand, and he turns the flashlight on, and he comes down and shines it in my face and says, Mom, you don't have black eyes. Well, I jumped up so fast. I went to the mirror and looked. I said, I told you. I said, I told you. No residual side effects, you know. So what comes out of our mouth is powerful. But it, nothing will happen if we don't get it out. 
So we have to double, and Kenneth Hagin would be like, I double dog dare you, you know. I double dog dare you to begin to speak the word of God out of your mouth, and you'll begin to see change happening in every circumstance that you find yourself in. All right. All right. So number three, we must pray in no uncertain terms. Say what you want. So you have to tell God what you want. And so I didn't want black eyes, and black eyes is not what I got, right? So she didn't want to be on dialysis her whole life. I'm not being on dialysis. She had to fight that good fight of faith, but she was determined that she wasn't going to have it, and she didn't have it. She was determined she was going to get her car, and she got it. She was, Sue was determined that her whole household was going to be saved. So we speak it out of our mouth, and we get what we say. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and we eat the fruit of it. Good or bad? Okay. So we must, we must come to God in prayer and faith, understanding who we are in him. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. For everyone who asks receives, and to the one who seeks finds. And I looked up, there's over 95 decrees that are found in the Bible. Over, and there's probably more than that, but there's 95, at least what I saw. God is relational, and he longs to speak through us. He longs for us to be his mouthpiece. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's words will always remain. For everyone who asks receives, and to him who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it shall be open unto him. I mean, it's, it's a powerful word, and it's powerful when you understand the power and authority that you have. Amen. For everyone who asks receives, and he who finds, and to him who knocks, it will be open for him. Hallelujah. So God is relational, and he longs for us to speak as his mouthpiece. And some years ago, um, I had done a study with Kenneth Hagin. And I'm just going to read you a couple things about what he says about Mark 11:23. He says, Jesus did not teach in Mark 11:23, he shall have whatsoever he believeth. He taught, he shall have whatsoever he says. In other words, you will have what you speak. You will have your own words. So if you say a hot mess, then a hot mess is what you're going to have because we have what our words decree. Faith must be released in words. So when Versi spoke, she was speaking in faith, and that faith released the word of God to come to pass in her life. Okay. So faith is always expressed in words. Faith must be released in words through your mouth. We can see in this scripture, when you speak something, that is action. So when you speak it, it's action. It's something that you're declaring and you're decreeing out of your mouth. Um, and he goes on to say that it took, took him being bedfast for 16 months to really get that, to really get the fact that he can have whatsoever he says. So he goes on to say, I'm not talking about the words you speak in church or the words you use when you pray. Kenneth Hagin goes on to say, I'm talking about words you use in your everyday life. The words you speak at home, the words you speak with your friends, the words you speak at work. These everyday words do three things for you. And I want you just to, somewhere on your paper, I want you to put this on your notes. So the first thing is the words you speak identify you. So in other words, if you're speaking Bible, that identifies who you are. She's a Bible-speaking person, right? All she wants to do is speak the Bible. Okay, that identifies who you are. If you're a person who complains all the time, then that's, a, that's a, people will identify you with that. Okay. So number two, 
The words you speak set the boundaries in your life. So, you know, you speak, um, you know, let's say, for instance, uh, what do I want to say? So when you speak, it sets the boundaries in your life. So for, for me, um, I don't agree with, with alcoholism. So I don't allow anybody to drink in my house. So it kind of puts a boundary up around me, right? So we can have a family get-together at my house, but there's going to be no liquor at my house while we have that family get-together, right? Now, it might be at somebody else's house, but it's not going to be at my house, right? So when I speak, it sets boundaries around me. So people don't even ask me anymore. If my family comes around, they don't ask me that anymore, the unsaved ones, right? Okay. So they know better. <laughs> okay. So, um, and even if they swear in front of me, they're so apologetic. I am so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to say that, even at work. So if they swear in front of me at work, too, they're like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. You know, I didn't say anything to them, but my words claim my identity. So by, by what I speak out of my mouth claims who I am. And if somebody messes up in front of me at work, they are quickly to apologize to me. And I didn't do anything, but my words have set my boundaries around me. And other people can recognize that, right? So the words you speak affect your spirit. They affect your inward man. So if you're speaking, greater is he, this is my life scripture, greater is he who is within you than he is that is within this world, then that is who you become. You understand that the greater one lives on the inside of you. So because you're speaking it. And so that becomes your identity. And everything else flows from around that. Amen. Does that make sense? I'm going to give you those three. Th I'm going to give you those three things again. So <clears throat> your words you speak identify you. The words you speak set the boundaries of your life. The words you speak affect your spirit or your inward man. And then he goes on to say, if you want to locate yourself, just listen to the words that you speak. So if you want to locate how you're doing today, just analyze the words that you speak. Right? Think about all the words that you say in every day. Like before you go to bed at night, think about what you said today. And how many times did you say something that contradicts the word of God? We'll all be in trouble. Some of us be in trouble. <laughs> right? Or how many times did you think something that you shouldn't have thought? Right? So then you get in bed and you're thinking about all the things that you thought today. And you think, oh, my gosh, I got to get washed by the water of the word. You know? So we got work to do. But every day, God's mercies are new for you and me. Every single day, right? And if we fall short of the glory of God, which we will, we can send that to the cross and say, Lord, forgive me. Tomorrow's a new day and your mercies are new for me. Amen? So, okay, let me go back to where I was. So if you want to locate yourself, just listen to your words. You'll never realize beyond your words. So you'll never realize anything about yourself beyond your words. So if you say, I can't, then sure enough, you can't. If you say, I can, then sure enough, you can. If you say, I can take this mountain, then you can take this mountain. If you say, ah, oh, it's going to take a little bit of a battle to get around that mountain, then it's going to take a little bit of a battle to get around that mountain. But if you have the attitude that you know that you're pressing toward the mark of the high calling, the prize in Jesus Christ like Paul, and you say that, you know that nothing will be able to defeat you. You're still going to be the energizer buddy still standing. You're still going to be able to stand. You'll, you'll weather the storm. I promise you, by the words that you speak out of your mouth, you will weather the storm. Okay. So um, Hebrews 4.14, I don't have that on there, do I? 
It talks about, let us hold fast to our confession. And in the Greek, in this particular scripture, it means, um, let us hold fast to saying the same thing. So when you make a confession, the Greek means, let us hold fast to saying the same thing. So over and over, like Versi, over and over and over again. What is the promise you want? Then you speak it over and over and over and over again. And you're coming in alignment with the Word of God. Amen? If you want to see your whole household saved, then you'll be saying every single day, I'm going to see my whole household saved. If you want to see the prodigal come home, then you see that prodigal coming home. You get a picture of what that looks like, and you don't say the negative. You say the things about God that God says about that person. So you see the way God sees, and then you speak that. That makes sense? Say with me, there's power in my mouth when I speak the word of God. Okay, so let's see. Number four, believe what you want is God's will. If you abide in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. That's John 15, 7. Never say if it's your will when it's a promise in the word of God. Okay, so when it's a promise, you don't have to come to God and beg or plead if this is your will. Now, wait a minute. God says that I'll have so much I won't be able to keep it in my storehouse. I won't be able to fit in my bosom. Wait a second. That's your will for me to prosper. So that I don't have to beg God or plead God. That's a promise, and I can have the promise. Okay. So never say if it's your will when it's a promise in the word of God. Psalm 84:11 in the Passion Translation says it like this. For the Lord God is brighter than the brilliance of the sunrise, wrapping himself around me like a shield. He is so generous with his gifts of grace and glory. Those who walk along his paths with integrity will never lack one thing that they need, for he provides it all. Say with me, God provides it all. Yes. The King James states in this particular verse, The Lord is our sun and shield, and he will not withhold anything from those who walk uprightly. Isn't that beautiful? Nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So we must fight the good fight of faith. And we fight that good fight of faith by speaking the word of God out of our mouth. We don't war with one another. We don't war with the church. We don't war with our neighbors. We don't war with our friends. We fight the good fight of faith by speaking the word of God in that circumstance. Amen. All right. So let me see. I think I might want to tell you one more thing. Number five, as his mouthpiece, we decree. So that's your fill in there for number five. As his mouthpiece, we decree and change our atmosphere, declaring those things that are not as though they were. That's Romans 4, 17. Can you pull that scripture up? As it's written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So that's simply when we come into alignment with, with the word of God, we are speaking those things that we don't see. They don't exist right now. We don't see it in the physical right now. We don't see it happening. But that doesn't change my confession. It doesn't, con it doesn't change the way I speak or the way I think. I'm going to continue to speak the word of God and call those things as though they're not, as though they are. And I'm going to keep calling them until I see it manifest in my life. If it, I don't care how many years it takes. Pastor Ina stood for her daddy. How old was he? 86? 
86 years old when he came to be with the Lord. And she didn't waver. She believed God that he would come to the Lord. Okay. <clears throat> so your words are important. You need to re we need to realize that. They set the boundaries of who we are. You never realize anything beyond the words that you speak. And you'll never have anything beyond the words that you speak. So that's why it's important to get the word of God out of your mouth. Because you're only going to go so far as your words will take you. <laughs> so if you can say, I'm a mountain mover, then you'll be that mountain mover. Right? But they'll only take you as far as you allow them to take you. So I would encourage you tonight and myself to continue to speak the word of God, even when we don't see. There's things in my life that I'm standing on. And I've been standing on for a long time. But I am not going to stop standing. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm going to believe until I take my last breath out of this place. I'm going to believe God for every promise that he has said for me, every single one. Whether I see it or feel it, doesn't matter, my circumstance. I'm going to continue to believe God's word. Amen? All right. So the power of your words changes things, number six. The power of your words changes things. They produce life or death. Speak what God says about you. Speak the promise of God as you speak. See the change that you're seeking for. So when you speak the word of God, what is it that you're seeking for? You've got to get a picture in your imagination of what that looks like. So I had to get that picture with my daughter of what that looked like. And I've got another picture that I'm believing for right now, and I'll tell you about that when it, when it happens. <laughs> but I'm believing God for something else. Okay. So your promise will give birth if you stand upon the word and believe it. Amen. So Proverbs 18:21 says, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Proverbs 21, verse 23 says, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. Matthew 12, 37 says, for by your words you'll be justified, and by your words you'll be condemned. And Mark 11:23 clearly states, for it surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will come to pass, he will have whatsoever things he says. So you've got to believe it and come into alignment with that. Amen? So in closing, before I have Pastor Tim Pritchard come up, I want us to stand. i got a couple declarations for us. And I just want you to repeat this after me. God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. The Lord blesses me and keeps me. He makes his face to shine upon me, and he's gracious to me. I claim my inheritance as a joint heir with Christ. Because I am a covenant person, God's blessings are coming upon me, and they're overtaking me. <laughs> yes, God has made me the head and not the tail. I'm above, and I am not beneath. I lend to many, but will never need to borrow. Well, that's a good one right there. My household is blessed, and God's grace abounds toward me in Jesus' name. God's book of the law is always in my mouth. Moreover, I meditate 
on it day and night so that I will be careful to live by all that is written in it. For then God makes my way prosperous and I shall succeed in all things. Hallelujah. I love you guys. Bless you. Pastor Tim Pritchard, come on up. <laughs> Breathe.